ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par Podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white balls life. I'm your host Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host T Bone. T Bone, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Back in the U.S. of A. for the U.S. Open, so right in time. Uh, we got a lot going on in the golf world, to say the least. And uh, that's, I, I feel like, you know, a major week is always uh, a big week, but I mean, just a lot of shit going on. And um, I was actually thinking today, just to kind of put things in perspective, like everything has just waterfalled. And I've, I think everyone's forgotten about the rollback of the golf ball, which was, which would have been like earth shattering news on a normal year. But this year it's, Man, it's nonstop. There's always something happening. So, yeah, there was one tweet from Kyle Porter, CBS. Man, I wish I bookmarked it, but it was really funny. He was like, you know, just a few years back, we were talking about Phil Mickelson switching equipment to Callaway, <laughs> the golf ball, you know, the drama, him and Ty. Or, yeah, to your point about the rolling back, the golf ball. That's we're in a different stratosphere now of what is yeah. going on with the golf world now. It is absolutely wild. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. But all things aside, major week also. So always pumped about that. I can't believe we, we're already at the third major in June. That's all that's still taking some adjusting. I feel adjusting like this year's flown me, by. But yeah, it's gone by quick. It really has. But that being said, it is US Open Week, the third major of the year. Maybe I'm still kind of getting used to the PGA and the players being back and forth because, you know, when you're playing the major or the players in March, then the Masters, like, I don't know. It's just kind of I got things backwards, it feels like. But, I mean, at this point, though, it's the same. I guess the only difference is that August was when the PGA was. Now they just bumped that up. But, yeah, third major of the year, L.A. Country Club. You know, we've seen all the videos of the golf balls being dropped in the rough. It's pretty standard procedure here, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty awesome. I love it. Uh, T-Bone, you were in Europe last week, so want to hear a bit about your Europe trip because I did a solo emergency pod last week because you were on the plane. So obviously, if you want to go back and listen to that, I'll put that in the description below. Uh, as I mentioned on there, it was... Uh, a lot has changed since then. I even said that. I was like, hey, look, by the time this drops, even by the uploading time, a lot of things are probably going to change, and they have. More information has come out. So hopefully we can come. That was just more of a knee-jerk instant reaction to the news because that news dropped like a few hours after our episode had gone live, which is absolutely nuts. So uh, we're going to talk about that more. But look, that has been exhausted. Right, that topic is exhausted. We're going to give her thoughts, especially for T-Bone. We have not uh, necessarily heard your opinion yet, so we're going to talk that. But we're going to try to focus mostly heavy on the U.S. Open. Um, John Rahm in his press conference today was kind of talking about a lack of management. There's still just so much up in the air. Not even the players really know what's going on yet. So as I feel like as us as casual fans, everybody's like, "What do you think about this? What do you think about that?" Look, I'll give our we'll give our opinions, but. It's hard to know or to truly form our opinions because if you check the tapes, we've been wrong about a lot of things before. But it's I mean, that's just kind of my knee jerk reaction there, T-Bone. So that's the show show layout. But T-Bone, before we dive into it, uh, your Europe trip, Three Under Part Pod is brought to you by our sponsor, Drinking Buddy. You got some koozies for us, T-Bone, or some Drinking Buddies? Yeah, give me a sec. There you go. So Drinking Buddy. Drinking Buddy is um sponsoring our podcast so drink a buddy it's a uh it's a it's some pills that you take hold on let me switch the camera view boom look at that drink a buddy the pills look we love golf and an integral part of playing golf so we're in our late 20s early 30s not i'm not gonna tell you who's who but anyway uh we love drinks on the golf course Right. It's uh, especially now that we're not playing competitively, really. It's I mean, heck, even in competitive golf, you can have a few drinks. But, you know, we, we love having our, our our beverages out on the golf course. So drink a buddy. It's a um, it's some pills that you take with your last drink. And they're great partners of ours. And 
look, it's not the like magic bullet, right, to make you feel better, but it does it, it makes it easier to wake up in the morning, especially if you have young kids, right? I mean, I have a one-year-old daughter now, and so it is uh definitely makes it easier to get up in the morning, kind of curb that hangover here a little bit. So they're great partners of ours. We're big fans of drinking buddy. Yeah, for sure. I think we can at least I can attest to the uh the trajectory of my age and um degree of hangovers are are hand in hand so this is helping me get to my tea times and we've been a big fan and uh any anything you can do to make yourself feel better make that tea time the next morning definitely worth it you're on mute i'm on mute again sorry one of my (laughs) sayings is is that i don't miss tea times Drink a buddy is there to help me not miss tea times. And it's there to help you not miss tea time. So go to drinkabuddy.com, use promo code three under, you get 10% off. I'm dropping the link in the description below. Again, great partners of ours. Uh, so go support them uh, as they are up and coming brands. We're really honored to be a part of them. So um, yeah, again, uh, drinkabuddy.com, promo code three under 10% off your order. So thanks to our uh, to our buddies at Drinking Buddy. T-Bone, you were in Europe last week. You said you got a good story for us, so I'm going to throw it over to you. How was your trip? Yeah, trip was amazing, and I think this was perfect timing, talking about our sponsor and drinking. Um, so I, I started off in London, Amsterdam, quick trip, but during my trip in Amsterdam, scheduled a tour of the Heineken, the original Heineken Brewery in amsterdam and you know we're starting to get some momentum here at three under we got our sponsor with drinking buddy and i was doing my best to get a heineken sponsor but uh haven't heard back yet but was able to get a little uh little merch um from a heineken that i thought the viewers would like to take a look at so we got our heineken bottle prepared for three under baby So this will be up on the liquor shelf for a while. Um, you were able to make your own branding and stuff with beer bottles. So thought that was pretty sweet. And I, I was kind of think I, I kind of want this on my my liquor cabinet forever. But I don't know. Maybe if I like hit a hole in one, I I'd take a shotgun, I shotgun it or break it on my head. Um, but at the same time, if I say that, it will just stay on my liquor liquor cabinet shelf forever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, three under Heineken bottle, baby. Let's go. Wow. That is awesome. And, and to preface, you didn't tell me what you were going to say. You just said, I got a good story. And man, you did not disappoint. Wow. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I had to do it for the brand across the pond. Um, thought that would be a, a little good. Uh, yeah. Some good merch to bring back. So I don't know. What do you think? Do I do I drink it? Do I leave it on there forever? Maybe if I make a whole one one day, I'll, I'll drink it. Who knows? I was about to say, that's definitely one of those special occasion type things, right? It's like that really nice liquor or bottle of wine that you have where you're just not breaking out that if, sorry, if I'm coming over, I know, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm kind of a big deal, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would hang on to that because that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. is, there an exp- is there an expiration date on it though? Oh, shit. Yeah, there is. Oh. When is it? Um, I don't know. This might be some weird Netherlands he's, type of writing. I'll have to take looking. another look at this. But um, I'm seeing 0124. Okay, so January. Like it, yeah. So we got about like, six months shelf life. Six or seven yeah, months. Yeah, I feel like it should last a lot longer than that. Maybe not. I feel like I, I got to get... Sorry, go ahead. Huh? Yeah, well, if that's the case, I'm, I got to start playing more golf um, or just par three courses so I can <laughs> crack this bad boy open. But um, we got to go check yeah. out East River Nine. Yeah, we got to. Have you played it yet? No, not yet. Of course you haven't. Um, oh, my gosh. Hey, for the record. <laughs> all right. I play golf on Sunday and I would have okay. kicked your ass. Just <laughs> that's not news. That's not words saying for the record. <laughs> Well, okay. Um, I want I want to say for the record, so you'll appreciate this, and hope the listeners. If you want to jump ahead to when we start talking, live that's fine. But this is for you, G. So I lost a bet to G. Uh, I lost it on a high school basketball game. 
let me rephrase. I lost it on a high school, <laughs> private school girls basketball game, girls basketball game. And I had to run five miles. That was the the loss. So I had to run. I ran five miles on sun, on Saturday and I died. I was sending updates every mile. It was awful. And so my my left foot was jacked up. But it was like on the outside where your weight transfer goes to. And so I like couldn't put weight on my left foot practically besides just standing. And so I would pretty much play golf on one foot and shot 73. So suck it. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. I know. Um, I don't so know. Thank if you, just, G, and thank you, Will. I don't or, know if we just leave that up to imagination and let the viewers call in, or do you want? Do we need a? I feel like we need a little more background on why there was a wager placed on a women's <laughs> high school game, a girls' high school basketball state championship game. So it was a state championship. It was my alma okay. mater versus our uh, friend's alma mater. And okay. I believe his niece actually plays for the team. And so, as many viewers knows, I used to work in sports uh, and covered high school athletics. And so, he was like, hey, do you want to place a wager on this? And he wanted to place a monetary <laughs> value on this. And I'm like, dude, I'm not placing 100 bucks on a girl's oh, that's good. Sorry, I feel like that's illegal as well. <laughs> and, so, and so, he was like, all right, loser, loser's team has to run five miles. And I was like, done. That's that's fine. Yeah. But I'll tell you, any Eagles thought, didn't get it done. Lady Eagles didn't get it done. No, they did not. They lost. Ironically, it was their fourth straight state championship game they've lost. So they've made it four years in a row and lost every single time, which is pretty tough. But Brutal. that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it was a, any thought or desire of me becoming a runner, gone. Thrown yeah. out the window. Not no, interested at all. Yeah. No, I, I've never been a fan. Maybe Never we can get uh, maybe we can get uh, our friend Fit Golfer Girl back on the pod. Talk some golf and fitness, though. You know, give us some <laughs> good workouts to do. Yeah, we're yeah. we're overdue. We're overdue. Yeah, we are. So that's how that went down. Seventy three, still no big deal. On Not one bad. foot, by the way. Literally, literally, Dumpy goes, "You're like Tiger right now, no eight playing." <laughs> I felt so good about myself. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Thank well you. done. Thank you. Well done. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so back to the pod here. T-Bone, let's talk some Liv. Uh, as we know, Liv, it, it's still really confusing to me because so the PJ Tour, in layman's terms, the PIF, the Saudis bought golf. I think that's what it really comes down to. They're, they're starting a third-party organization, the PIF, and it's like Jay Mahan is going to be the new CEO of that. Uh, the Saudis are going to be the sole equity provider of this new PIF and Lee. So like there's the PIF, there's the PJ tour, there's the, the, the European tour or, and it's just like I, the whole thing's a mess. Ultimately it comes down to this, in my opinion. And now, well, also now Congress is getting involved. Congress is asking <laughs> questions that a foreign government has bought an American professional sports organization. So this is just absolutely wild. It makes no sense. But in my opinion, it really comes down to this. The PJ Tour lost some of the best players, and there were a lot, there are a ton of lawsuits. And I briefly touched on it on the pod last week on the emergency pod. And I probably should have highlighted it more. But the PJ Tour did not have the funds, the resources, or the manpower to go up against the Saudis, the like Saudi Arabia government. And legal battles because they like it's one sports organization that is a multi billion dollar sports organization, but they're going against an entire country who has unlimited oil resources. It was they were fighting a losing battle, and so they came up to an agreement. And uh, that's just my limited understanding so far. Uh, T Bone, I'm gonna toss it to you. So I was preparing for my European flight kind of already panicking stressed and then i got this news on wednesday tuesday tuesday and my mind was racing and it's it's raced it's been racing but it's kind of gotten to the point now where you you hear the best players in the world talking you hear rory rom all these guys and they're like it's unknown so i've kind of settled down and like you've said, we've got Congress, we've got DP World Tour, we've got PIF, we've got Live Golf, we've got Yasser. I mean, 
everyone's saying different things. There are so many different people saying things that, what you know, let's let's kind of focus on the U.S. Open because yeah. I think basically this. I, I don't want to say this is tip of the iceberg. This was fucking huge. Maybe the biggest golf news of all time, but it, this is just the beginning, and the deal's not even finalized. Like, yeah, I, I just, I am so curious to see what happens, and it's kind of not even worth figuring out or, you know, guessing what's going to happen. But ultimately, I think you're exactly right. I know PGA Tour was in deep water. I think it was fifty million they had to pull out of reserves just in legal fees. They had yeah. to pull out even more for trying to to have these bigger purses to compete with Live and just you know, one thing led to another. And I think the initial reaction was Live and PGA Tour. What's this gonna be? How are the te- how are the four aces gonna be on the PGA Tour? Are they gonna have to do it's like we're not even close to that yet. Live could be gone. Um, you know, the fact that Greg Norman didn't even know this happened. Basically, yeah. it was this Yasser dude and Jay Monahan. It seems like the only people in the world that really knew. And the fact that Greg didn't know Tiger, Rory, Rob, I mean, that shows you how under wraps, how uncertain. And the deal's not even finalized. I mean, I think it's weird. I'm concerned. But again, like you said, they're competing, not competing. They're up against the Saudis with with no money who ultimately want to be a part, hopefully not fully own, but definitely be a part, continue to be a part of golf. And it was a domino effect that was ultimately going to get to this, but still a lot, a lot of dominoes left. Yeah. And I think to the to your point on the PJ Tour side, it really wasn't even Jay Monahan who initiated this whole thing. It was Jimmy Dunn and Ed uh, Ed Hurley, I believe. Um, Hurley, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. You know, I'm great with names, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was it was uh, really those two guys who spearheaded this whole thing, and then looped in Monahan. So, I mean, obviously Monahan just comes out with massive egg on his face, looking like a total hypocrite, being raked over the coals. And deservedly so. I feel like I was really hard on Monahan and still am. I'm not backing down on that at this point in time. Um, but it it wasn't really his call, it seemed like, at least at first. And then they looped him in. Yeah, originally I thought it was because it was the Saudis doing it that Liv and the PJ Tour were going to be combining instead of this whole new organization that's being formed. So to your point, Liv probably will cease to exist I mean, once once this new PIF uh, group is formed or whatever it is, it's under the PJ Tour umbrella. So, uh, or I, that's the thing. I don't know. It, it yeah. feels like the live if they lose their big players, DJ Brooks and all the Bryce and all those guys, they could end up like the USFL and just totally fold here in the next year or two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I was I need to give some credit to uh, Brandel. Shambly. He was I was listening to live in the US Open. I thought he had some good perspective on things. He's I think he's a little dramatic. He's you know calling it the worst day in golf history, which maybe we'll see what happens. But <laughs> where this all fell apart was live. Um whenever that was starting to build up, the PGA tour had to have basically no big names joined. They had to have probably made adjustments prior, bigger purses, a little bit better perks, whatever it is, maybe better schedule, more international stuff, maybe even team stuff. But a lot of those things were appealing, and that's why guys joined Live, which was the opening of Saudi being involved in golf. And a lot of people are saying Live is probably gonna, could go away just so Saudi could get those players, get in the PGA Tour, kind of strong arm them into this um, ownership in golf. But basically, the PGA Tour had to say, fuck Saudi money. We're fine with what we make, and no one can join live. And it was – it's kind of a – I think you could – even Brand was like, it's, you know, a fantasy land. They kind of think that guys want to 
take more money and play less, but that's really what, what had to happen. And um, he also gave a good comparison with, uh, with soccer. So this is definitely not my area of expertise. This is a golf podcast where a little white ball is life, not medium sized white, white and black ball is life. But anyways, <laughs> Saudi has bought a lot of these football clubs and is getting more involved in soccer. As you've seen, if anyone's followed the news with Messi, a lot of a lot of European soccer players on the back end of their career, they'll take these fat MLS checks, go play in the US. I might get this backwards, but I think Messi was offered 1.6 billion to join. Uh, a Saudi-run team. Yeah, fact check me on that. And yeah. he turned it down because he didn't want to get involved because, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if that was going to be, you know, a big commitment. I'm sure it would be when uh, Saudi's paying you $1.6 but he decided to take the MLS money and he's playing for whatever Miami team there is and yeah, which is hilarious that he's going to be playing soccer in Nashville and Ohio and shit. Houston. But in Houston. Austin, yeah. Wow. Come on. That seems <laughs> <But> wrong. <laughs> I think that's uh that was a pretty good comparison because that was going to be 1.6 billion getting paid for Messi. Who knows, you know what that would have entailed. And he's such a big guy. So powerful, so much pull probably don't want to be under that umbrella and fortunately i think that's what's happened to a lot of guys here and ultimately the entire tour so at least according to this report on foxsports.com uh messi reportedly has a 440 million dollars per year offer 440 per year that's not an entire contract that is holy that is an unbelievable that's the saudi money money. yeah yeah so, anyways, um, it's a yeah, lot going on. It's it's a lot. And we're going to be talking about this a ton here in the next few weeks. <laughs> it's it's not going away anytime soon because you said yeah. it earlier. The deal's not done yet. Wait until yeah. the deal's done. Man, the, the whole thing is just – it's going to get more complicated, I think. It's going to get complicated before it gets more clear. And that's fine, I guess. But – I think also too, you know, you have Yasser and Monahan on CNBC breaking this news. Monahan does like one press conference and maybe one or two radio spots, and then he's silent. So then you have the players who are over there on a week in and week out basis being in front of the players. They're the or in front of the media. They have to be the one taking all these bullets instead of Monahan. So that's yeah. why I think Monahan doesn't like being in front of the uh, in front of the cameras. I don't think or being in front of the spotlight, he's very much a behind-the-scenes type of commissioner, uh, which is – in a situation like this is tough. Uh, I feel like he really only steps out in front of the cameras at the Players' Championship and the Tour in the, in the tour Championship. So it's – look, he's going to have to step up a little bit more. I understand he's probably embarrassed in a, in a certain way, doesn't like a lot of things that are being said and written about him, but look, he kind of kind of deserve it, man. You When you bring in the 9-11 families like that – yeah, you gotta yeah. own it. That was that was a tough luck. It's gonna be tough yeah. to come back from. No kidding. But then you have Jimmy Dunn saying that if the Saudis were involved, then he would kill them himself. Like this, this whole thing is if they're not <laughs> careful, it's gonna spiral out of control. Man. All right, should we do some well, US Open? Uh real quick, before the US Open, I want to bring up one thing. Did you watch the RBC Canadian Open this weekend? Okay, I think I think we did. This is even potential golf gossip, uh, dude. Yeah, golf gossip. For those that didn't I, see, I, I had a little golf gossip segment. I was going to kind of do a rapid fire, but this one was top of the list and let it rip. Yeah, let I it mean, rip. This, this was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to spend too much time on this here, but Nick Taylor, he's in a. I don't. I literally turned it on right before he hit his putt on the fourth That's playoff awesome. hole. And like great timing, you know, credit to me on that. But like I said, I was out shooting 73 on one foot, no big deal on Sunday. So <laughs> that's why I wasn't uh, wasn't watching it. But he turns in, nails a 72 footer to beat Tommy Fleetwood 
in the uh, playoff. It was absolutely electric. He's the first Canadian to win in, I don't even know how long, a very long time, right? 68 years. 68 years? Oh, my gosh. So first Canadian to win the Canadian Open in 68 years, which is absolutely crazy town. I mean, look, there's been some good Canadian golfers out there, probably most most notably Mike Weir winning the Masters, but he never got it done uh, at the Canadian Open. So this was a really big deal. The crowd was electric. Everybody is going footer around. 72 footer. Apple. Yeah. Just absolutely balls of steel, man. Just like from the, I, I said, from the parking lot on my tweet. Yeah. And, uh, but this is, I think the golf gossip thing you want to get to, you know, all of a sudden you see a bottle of champagne start spraying and it's Adam Hadwin. And then he just gets and then absolutely... stop spraying. <laughs> <laughs> he gets truck stick by the security guard onto the ground, taken down to the ground. And it was hilarious. There was a billion camera angles going around there. I saw one like cinematic view where it was right behind him. And the security guard just comes around, uh, around Nick Taylor and just, absolutely levels him it was awesome the whole thing uh for a tough week in golf uh look then canadian opens fine it's not necessarily the one that's going to get me off the couch to watch but that was probably the best case scenario that could happen on this week yeah that was hilarious i, I think the reason it happened was because Adam Hadwin is a average looking dude and he was in street clothes he wasn't in golf clothes so he straight up looked like a fan the dude just had no idea but yeah was was ready to celebrate the, the fellow canadian had all the canadians out there and the guy just gets trucked but uh yeah an rbc canadian open we got to give credit to one of our loyal listeners rbc canadian open rbc canadian open sounds way <laughs> better than the rbc heritage whatever so yeah that's all i gotta say yeah. about that reference to that pod but yeah hey credit to rbc i guess the Royal yeah. Bank of Canada sponsoring the Canadian Open makes sense. Yeah, that fits. Yeah, but yeah, that was, that was <laughs> those videos. If you haven't seen them, go and check them out because they were yeah. so funny. And then even the U.S. Open this week was poking fun at Adam Hadwin too. There's also the NFL posted like a a dubbed video of these of a bunch of players. I think it's the top 100 NFL players, and they like dub a video of like. This dude can tackle. You can't block him. He blindsides you. <laughs> it's like Travis Kelsey and everyone talking about the security guard. But uh, no, that was hilarious. I haven't ever seen anything like that. Um, but a few other just very rapid fire golf gossip that I saw this week was uh, Phil's High Flyer logo. Um, the High Flyers live golf teams being sued by a brand for having some kind of infringement. Um, and then I also saw that Netflix is looking to launch a live golf um, series of events that's similar to the match, like TNT does, but they're looking to do members of Drive to Survive and um, what's the golf show? The Big Break? Full Swing. Full swing. Full swing. Okay. The characters from Full Swing and Drive to Survive and do like a match style live show. So saw that. They should bring today. back the big break. I, the, oh, I love that show. Yeah. I feel incredible. like Netflix would do a better job with oh, it yeah. than Golf Channel. That's right? a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Netflix. Cause then you can have you can have full swing drop and then what that's the summertime. Then you got them. Or maybe in the spring, then full, and then uh, then big break drops in the Are summer. You talking about bringing it back or showing reruns or both, both bring it back, yeah. new episodes. So then you can watch these guys on big break, and then when the PGA Tour starts in the fall, you'll see those guys out on tour. Love it. That's my idea. Yeah, I love that. It's a great idea. Yeah. All the, right. The, the high flyers was hilarious. I was like, Phil, <laughs> just can't catch a break. But yeah, man. All right, T-Bone, let's talk some U.S. Open, the United States Open. Everybody's back together. Live, PGA Tour, all this piff nonsense. The whole thing is just crazy. Uh, USGA, who would have thought the USGA is not in like hot water or anything like that? You know, 
the USGA has always been on my shit list, but they're off. I think they're off the shit list right now. <laughs> tournament hasn't started, started yet. Yeah, tournament hasn't started yet. We'll see. That's true. But no, this is this is going to be a fun one. This is, I think, the first time a U.S. Open's ever been here. New venue in the rotation for sure. Sounds like there's a lot of history, almost kind of similarities to like an Austin Country Club where it's an older place, but it's been hidden from the public for a while. Super prestigious, but it sounds like the players love it. There's a lot of cool aspects of the the golf course and um, yeah, major number three. It's going to be a good one. I, I think to kick off anything. Yeah. Before we kick off anything. One of the things that got me most excited about this week, primetime major golf. West Coast, six, seven o'clock golf is awesome. I it's can't wait for that. Yeah, it, it gives you time, do more stuff during the day, watch more golf. It's just, it's fantastic. We never really get this. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Couldn't agree more. It kind of reminds me of when the U.S. Open was at Chambers Bay out on the West Coast or anytime it's at Pebble Beach as well. Uh, maybe especially at Chambers Bay, but it was that 2015? I was living in Florida at the time, which is even an hour <laughs> ahead. It was yeah. like a 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I'm still watching golf. It's a Friday night, and I'm like, I'm not going to the bars. I'm staying home, yeah. cracking open a beer, and laying on the couch. And yeah. I'm watching yeah, Jordan Spieth finish out. It was awesome. Yeah, that's that's the best. So much fun. Yeah, totally agree. Great call on that one, T Bone. Yeah, definitely uh, not as well known of a club because of the exclusivity of it. I would say, uh, but been around for forever. Uh, T Bone, you know who holds the course record at LACC? Actually, yeah, uh, it's uh, officially it's uh, Mr. Max Homa. That's correct. Max Homa has the course record at sixty-one in college so a lot of people are betting on him he's the local kid t-bone he was your pick uh for the was he uh, the preseason yes i actually oh, got I a hate few... that i hate that <laughs> i got a few youtube comments on the i posted one of the shorts that it clipped out and one guy was like max homa or i think he called him coma but anyway <laughs> that was <laughs> uh but my yeah. preseason pick was colin morikawa which i'm not necessarily not feeling the best about at this point but so those are our preseason picks, but we're going to break it down and then give our official picks here at the end. Love it. So, uh, yeah, to your point, long rough. The the a lot of slopes, you know, L.A. I feel like could be it's more coastal. So I've uh, I've seen a lot of videos of just the fairways. It's tight. It's firm. It's fast. Long rough, sloping like crazy. And so a lot of these people, a lot of these players are going to feel like they hit phenomenal shots. And they're going to end up in the rough. And I, I just can't wait for the, this isn't a possible golf course. This is the, you know, yeah. to quote Zach Johnson, they've lost the golf course mm. at Shinnecock. But yeah. you're a professional golfer and I don't want to hear it, but I love it at the same time. Yeah. No, I, I, it looks like it's going to be tough, but this course is also very weird. So for those of you that don't know, it has five par threes. Okay. And... I think that's really cool. I'm going to be really fucking tired of hearing about it when it comes Sunday. <laughs> but there are five par threes on this golf course. The longest one is tipped out at 290. And the shortest one with the up tees plays 75 yards. So they have par threes ranging from 290 to 75 yards. Unbelievable. And I love that. They also have one that's playing like 250 then they've got like a 170 and then like a 220. So most of them are over 200, uh, 200 yards, and they look insane. There's like a little bailout, a ton of bunkers. I heard the bunkers are going to be terrible uh, this week as in terms of, you know, like an actual penalty. But um, I heard them talking about it on the Golf Channel. It sounds like the par three scoring will be almost above par and the par four scoring will almost be under par. So there's a hmm. lot of like par fours that are easy, par threes that are hard, par fives that are hard, par fours that are really hard. So I think it's going to be kind of kooky, kind of weird. I heard it's really easy off the tee. So you're going to see guys like duffing chips, missing greens, rolling off and stuff like that. But a lot of chance to make birdies. 
And uh, I think there could be like some very iconic shots here. If you have a guy who's leading and he just fucking sticks it on a 275 <laughs> yard par three. Yes. I think there could be some really cool moments, but it does feel like it's kind of becoming the identity of the tournament. It's got five par threes. I mean, you'll hear about that on the broadcast a whole week. I've already kind of tired of it, but I think it it's definitely unique and kind of a kind of a cool thing to add. Um, on top of that, um, two notable properties around the golf course. One is, I believe, Lionel Richie has a house on the golf course. But even bigger than that, on the 14th tee is the Playboy Mansion. And it's so close to the tee box that there's there's a fence with monkeys climbing up by the tee box. The Playboy Mansion is on the 14th hole on the tee box. So, Is it really? <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah, Playboy Mansion is on the 14th <laughs> tee. And they said that... Um, uh, uh, Barstool actually posted this today. They said that Hugh Hefner was like his entire life was trying to become a member. And they they never let him in. So, um, pretty funny story there. But yeah, that that is in fact true and um, pretty pretty yeah. unique to say the least. Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, that's the first point uh, on Dan Rappaport's article on barcelosports.com yeah the playboy mansion sits directly adjacent to the 14th tee yeah when i hear the monkeys you know what i think of I think of entourage when entourage <laughs> and ralph macchio aka the karate kid are like debating about who let go of the monkeys because they were banned for life or johnny drama was oh yeah <laughs> damn i haven't seen that episode in a while i'm, oh, I'm due for an entourage rewatch that that's the episode when turtle buys like the two thousand dollar pjs and he was going to return him. He left the tag on. And then, like, there's a girl in a, like, a cat body paint suit or whatever runs into him. And he just looks like a cat the rest of the night. <laughs> Great show. Oh, man. What a time. Yeah. I wasn't expecting the Playboy Mansion here. So, but that, yeah, that's really interesting. So, I guess to that point, that is some really good, uh, some good stuff there. It's also hosted the 2013 Pac-12 Championships, the 2017 Walker Cup as well. Which T Bone, I don't know if you're familiar with who was on that 2017 Walker Cup. I think it was, it was awesome. Morikawa, Doug Gim. Um yep. so it was Will Zalatoris, Braden Thornberry, Scotty Scheffler, Doc Redman, Colin Morikawa, Maverick McNeely, Maverick McNeely, Stuart Hagesed, Doug Gim, Cameron Champ. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. And then to round it out was uh, two guys named Spider Miller and Norman Zhang. So, yeah, that was whew, might be one of the best Walker Cup teams ever assembled here. Anyway, so yeah, that was really interesting. I think that's a good point, Tivo, what you brought up earlier. It's nice to see a little bit change of pace from the U.S. Open. I feel like the U.S. Open and the PGA they have their regular rotated courses, right? Like I know. The, the, that the U.S. Open is going to be at Oakmont. It's going to be at Shinnecock, Pebble. Uh, maybe throw in one here or there. I can't. Or or like Bethpage, right? Uh, the PGA, they like going to um, Valhalla. They like going to um, Hazeltine. That was the one I was thinking of. You know, of course, it's kind of along that area. Yeah. So it's nice to see it. Get some love. West Coast. Uh I'm really excited. It's going to be carnage. I think that's what the U.S. Open is, right? They call it the toughest test in golf. So I want to see a tough test. Honestly, if you hit a good shot, like a judge for me of a good golf course is if you hit a good shot, are you rewarded? And if you hit a bad shot, are you punished? In the U.S. Open, I don't care. I think they just need to be punished all the time and let the cream really rise to the top. And we saw that really, I think, it comes to mind with uh, Dustin Johnson's win at Shinnecock and then also Brooks Kepka's win out at um oh no, no no Dustin won at Oakmont and then that sounds all right Brooks won at Shinnecock right like those guys deserve to win they played the best they they showed up in big moments they hit the big shots made the big putts and also got up and down from impossible places so uh so T-Bone let's talk some of the players 
who are a few of your players that catch your attention here? So uh, I want to get the top five betting odds. You have Scotty Scheffler plus 600, John Rahm at plus 900, then Roy McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay are your top five betting odds. I'm kind of surprised to see Cantlay that high. I know he's a West Coast guy because then right behind him, you have Victor Hovland, who's on a hot streak right now, and also Xander Shoffley, who Xander, I think, is having an okay season, probably not the season that he would like, but uh, he's also a West Coast guy, so I think that's why people are liking him. But who are some of the people that catch your attention? Um, so for me, I'm, I'm trying to think, so we keep doing this and I don't want to, but (laughs) what I've heard from this week is that driving it's, it's not that, um, it's not that tough of a driving course. So with that, I I don't know if you're going to gain that much off the tee and I want to just kind of put it back to a putting. And short game. And with that, it makes me kind of want to fade Scotty a little bit. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's like the best player in the world if he could be the most mediocre putter in the world. But um, I mean, hit the streak he's on and how good he's hitting it, it's like really hard not to consider him. And um, I, I think you also, you know, I, I'm really trying not to do this recency bias, but. Um, you know, Hard Victor Hovland has has showed up in every major. He just won the Memorial, so there's no reason not to not to look at him either. But I do kind of like a, a shorter hitter, really great putter. Um, I don't know who that is at the top of my mind, but maybe if you can get some um, kind of Cam Smith who can turn back the, the clock to last year, um, someone who just – whose putter's on fire and can – can get up and down. I think that's going to be a um, a big value add. Really going out on a limb there, chipping and putting. <laughs> no kidding, huh? But, what a guy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think you can't go wrong with Scheffler. Um, I'd look out for for Victor, and then you know maybe a guy like like Cam Smith or do you know who I didn't? Just it's kind of an insult. Not great with the driver. Great with the putter. Does that ring a bell? Say that one more time. Not great with the driver, but great with the putter. Great. Um, oh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I was going to say Spieth, but. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. Spieth's odds right now, uh, according to VegasInsider.com, is plus 2,500. So the same betting odds as Colin Morikawa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I gotta look at the board a little more, but I do think it's uh it's a short game guy this week. I, I'm not loving Rory. I don't I don't think the driver is gonna be like incredible advantage for anyone this week based off of what I've heard. So um that's kind of what I'm thinking. What do you got? Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, those par threes, I think, are going to be really tough, especially since I know we say there are five of them, right? If you have, but if you're hitting, you have like par fours that are like 350 and then par threes that are 290. Like at that point, I know it's 60 yards, but for all intents and purposes, they're going to play probably the same. And so I think like, so that's where you need a really good long iron player. Uh, but yeah, to your point, it really comes down to the best putter and chipper. I think for US Opens, you need some, the iron game obviously has to be solid, but it's, it comes down to off the tee. How often are you in the fairway? Because that rough is so thick. I don't think people understand and how rough the rough is, no pun intended, how long it is. It's hard, especially if the greens are really protected, which it looks like a lot of the holes are protected by bunkers. As you said, the bunkers are probably the the biggest defense of the golf course. You, it, the more chances you give yourself hitting from the fairway, the better chance, the more you control your ball, you control the spin, the distance, uh, it's less predictability. So that's why I do put a place a high importance on hitting the fairway and hitting yeah. often. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily as interested in strokes gained off the tee this week as opposed to just clearly – number of fairways you hit and maybe that's silly of me but um because the rough is so long that you can't necessarily get to the green 
And if you do, you might be in that thick stuff again and you're chipping and that's, you can't control the spin even more. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, Cause again, a lot of those guys, if you're sitting 200 out in the rough, mm-hmm. you're, you might lay up to hundred yards to put yourself yeah. in a better position. Right. So that's why I think a straight driver of the golf ball is really good here. And then obviously somebody who can putt. Uh, so that for that reason, I, I, I think I do like speed. I think I'm talking myself into it here. I feel <laughs> like he drives the ball good enough. I uh, feel like that used to kind of be a weakness, but that's kind of become a he, he's he's figured that out the last few years. Yeah, it's more of his iron game that's kind of getting him into trouble, I feel like. So that's why I'm okay with that because I'd rather take somebody who's not as good of an iron player, but in the fairway more often as opposed to a better iron player from the rough. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'm kind of talking myself into speak here, actually. I wasn't wasn't expecting that. Uh, Scheffler, I think he's going to be the mix. I don't think he'll win. He's just so damn good that he's going to be in the mix. Uh, I mean, are we counting out Rom? Rom won the Masters this year, man. Like, and <laughs> This kind of does feel that way, honestly. He won a U.S. Open at Torrey Pines already, so he's familiar with West Coast golf. And... He won the Masters this year. Going into the Masters, yeah. we weren't talking about him. This feels very similar in a way. He loves he loves Cali golf. Corey's yeah. a spot. Um, Bermuda. I know. I know. Rom. Yeah, that's kind of disrespectful not having brought him up yet. And he's another guy who I feel like has kind of figured out his his putter as of late. Like that's definitely a strength of his game. So yeah, definitely a good pick. And um, I mean. There's so, another guy. There's another guy who's, yeah. um, who I guess we haven't brought up, and I, I think he's one of knows how to win a major. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> that that guy, that effing guy. <laughs> I mean, dude, if he wins this, oh, man. I'm gonna say it again. If know. he wins this major, that would put him at six. He would have won as many majors as. Phil Mickelson before Phil won his first Masters. That is different. That is next level. That is nuts. He did mention in his press conference that his goal is double digits, and it's, I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, seriously, I'm. Ugh, it's it's hard to bet against Kepka right now. Let's, he's yeah. got his swag back. He's got his fu attitude. Yeah, fully yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. You just got to stay healthy, man. I think that's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think speed comes to mind for me. Uh, I don't think Matthew Fitzpatrick will get it done. It's it's just hard to win back-to-back. I know it's yeah. even at different courses. So, so back yeah. to the uh, – so turn back a year ago, the storyline, okay. probably not as big as the Homa storyline. But it was Matthew Fitzpatrick. He loves the country club in the Boston area. He won the U.S. Amateur there, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Was it, gonna, was it, is he going to be able to do this again? It felt like a kind of too good to be true. Um. So we got the was. same thing with Homa. I, I, I think Ooh. this, you know, it would be, can you hear me? Yeah. No, I love it. I was like, woof, yeah. I love it. No, I think the, the stars could align there. Um, but it does feel like a kind of too good to be true. And uh, I, I don't think Max is quite performed as well in majors as he as he should have by now. So I think it's a big ask, but but we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I think he might even say this. He's had a little uh, dis- this season's been disappointing, I would say. I don't know if disappointing is the right word. Maybe not living up to the expectations that he had for himself because – Look, he was coming off a phenomenal year last year. He probably set the bar really high for himself. All these guys do. That's what makes them really good at what they do. So mm-hmm. that's uh, he probably hasn't lived up to his expectations, I would say. So this would be a good way to turn the year around to at that midway park, the midway mark, if you will, and in, uh, going into the final stretch of the PGA yep. Tour season. Another kind of wild card, if we want to. We want to go there. Um, Always. Let's see. I'm, I'm just kind of going down the odds. Plus 4,000 
and it was just one of the first names that that jumped out to me as a guy who can roll the rock, who can putt. Jason Day. Okay. Jason Day, he won the Byron Nelson this year, right? Sounds right. That's a he, he won this year. Win. Yeah. Yeah. He's been trending, good putter. Major winner. That's true. Yeah, he's because he won because he said it was the memorial the week after, and he was like, I'm not gonna play practice round. Like I just yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm too yeah. tired. I was like, I respect that. But wait, was that like three weeks ago? It was like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Could be so, a good pick. Uh, I kind of like where you're going there. Some another good value pick, actually, who I like is Sam Burns. I think Sam Burns is having a pretty sneaky season so far. He's plus six thousand. So if, if you're looking for a guy for like a top 15 finish or top 20 finish uh, to help with a parlay or something, uh, I think Sam Burns might be a good value pick. You know what they call him? What's Bermuda that? Burns. Bermuda Burns. Oh, maybe he's not a good pick then. Wait, what is the grass in Cali? Uh, it's not Bermuda. I know that. It's Hoana. Okay. I'm not good with this stuff. I'll be honest. Uh, let's see. I'm literally googling what is the grass at LA Country Club. Uh, they have Bermuda Fairways. Oh my gosh, this is a 12 <laughs> minute read on PJTour.com here. So this is <laughs> the what are the greens grass at LA well, Country Club? We might have bent to grass. Bent bent grass. grass. Okay. Yeah, so they have Bermuda fairways, which like weirdly can throw people off if you're not used to that. It's oh, look, I'm not going to bore with people with the details, but it could throw you off. But the greens are the biggest difference that you'll see there. So I, uh, I mean, you know, Bermuda grass just tends to grab the club a bit more, so um, it's harder to get through theoretically. But yeah, bent grass, it's hard to spin the ball well. I feel like, but yeah, look, when it comes to Bermuda, that champion Bermuda they have now, that is. It plays just like bankgrass when you get it right. And those pros are playing on perfect greens on a week-in and week-out basis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, it's kind of funny how much I've played about golf. I, I really don't know, um, like, shit about grass. I feel like it's rare <laughs> that you have, uh, like, Horseshoe Bay is bent green grass or yep. bent green greens and i feel like that's the only maybe ridgewood and waco also those are like the only courses in texas so i'm just i feel like everything's bermuda that's all i really know yep. but um there's also Down a great line there's it's a great line in uh starsky and hutch quick throwback the starsky okay. and hutch movie and snoop dog is an undercover caddy for for vince vaughn we're <laughs> going off the rails here but his his line is he tells him to hit like a seven iron or three wood from like a hundred yards, and he hits it to like a foot, and he's like, "Man, you must know a lot about golf." And Snoop's like, "Nah, just a lot about grass." <laughs> but uh, I guess I'm the opposite. I'm a nerd. Um, That's great. But, but uh, anyways, I feel like grass doesn't really matter. What matters is how dry and firm it gets. If they don't water it, if they let let it bake a little bit, that's going to matter more than anything, which I'm sure they're going to do this week, especially once we get to the weekend. Yeah, no, for sure. I, uh, I'm trying to think of like one long shot pick that I have. There's only one name that really jumps out at me here, and I just lost it. Wow. Oh, your boy Charlie Hoffman's playing. Where is that? Long shot pick. Long shot pick. How about Francisco Molinari? He hasn't, hasn't been really. Around a while. No, he hasn't, but he's plus 35,000 right now. And so, I don't know. <laughs> he, if he rolls the rock well, he hits fairways, rolls the rock well. Uh, 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 actually, no, don't don't take Molinari. I don't think that would be a good pick. Anything that's anybody's that's more than. I don't know, probably plus 17,500 is probably outside of 
making it. So like that that's your Patrick Rogers, Sebastian Munoz, Seamus Powers, Kirk Kitayama, like guys who are relatively hot um, or have had decent seasons. So uh, if anything other than that, that's just more if you want to throw a long shot down, like John Mellencamp winning an Oscar, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you like man. that reference? That I can quote one. things too. That was a good one. That was a good one. I will be a yeah. very, very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, T-Bone, who's your official pick? Who is winning the 2023 United States Open? Uh, I don't want to be a total loser and just pick one of these three, four dudes, but I might have to. Um Shit. Do it. Um, I'll pick John Rom. I'll pick John Rom. Um, pick up his second major. Um, I think Scotty's got putting issues. I think um Scotty's got a little bit of putting issues. Rory, who the fuck knows what he has? <laughs> no kidding, right? A lot of issues. <laughs> um, and then I'm just not really buying Brooks to to repeat. It's the majors not up in the Northeast, New York. We're going to the West Coast. Rom loves winning. California loves Tory. He loves California golf. Putter's working. He's arguably the best player in the world. You got John Rom. Uh, fact check. That would be his third major championship, T Bone. He won a U.S. Open and a Masters. Already. I think I said second in California. Yeah. Second, oh, second major in California. California. My apologies yeah. then. I believe. So, yeah, we'll check the tape here in (laughs) a month whenever we go back and we listen to it. Now, uh, so I think my official pick here, you know, I don't like picking the big dogs, right? To your point, it's just, it feels like a easy pick. We're not on TV here where I'm going to tell you that LeBron James is going to win every NBA championship from now to the end of time and that MJ is the best or whatever, which... Shout out to the Nuggets. Looking at you, your boy. Shout out to uh, the Nuggets for winning the NBA championship last night. T-Bone, I'm going to go Xander Shoffley. I think Xander Shoffley gets it done. I I don't really have a good rhyme or reason. Uh, I just he has he's Olympic gold medalist. He's so he can show up in big time moments, but he hasn't won that first major yet. West Coast kid. So I, I like this. I like major. this. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, he's due. I think he's not underperformed, but you'd expect to at least have one by now. So, yeah, I think that's a good pick. I like it. Way I more. Went, I, uh, I almost went with uh, Cameron Smith. No, I'm sorry. I almost went with Cameron Young. Mm. Cameron Young. He's a decent value pick, man. He's at plus 3,500 right now. And that guy's an absolute stud. Yeah. No, I like that one. Um, the one I kind of just want to throw out there just to get me excited. I think we get Mr. Uh, Richard Fowler. Come on now. <laughs> on the board, first major. Yes. Got that big Odyssey putter rolling. No more issues. Trending. Why not? Why not and Richard Fowler? You you said it previously. This is circa 2015. We're talking Jason Day. We're talking Ricky Fowler, major championship golf. We are back, baby. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, T-Bone, I think that wraps it up. This has been a good episode. I feel like this has flown by, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, we well, had we're to, over an hour. We're over an hour. We had to come back with the Zoom being 40 minutes. And in the break, you're like, holy shit, that was fast. Yeah. Totally agree. But we hope you, the listener, enjoyed this as well. So we hope you have a good week. Enjoy some great golf. Again, this is the best players in the world playing in one of the toughest golf courses, one of, in the toughest conditions. It's going to be absolutely carnage. This is what the U.S. Open is. That is the identity, and I'm here for it. Our national championship It's going to be fantastic. T-Bone, uh, last word over to you. Primetime golf. Enjoy it. It's going to be a fun week. And yeah, I can't wait for the weekend. Throw a few back. A few, uh, few of these bad boys. Um, Heineken, we're waiting for the check. Cut the check. But uh, 
no, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I think we can officially say that Heineken is a sponsor of the three under par pod. So I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna roll with it. We're not getting money from them, but it is on the bottle. It is for the brand. So this episode is brought to you by Heineken beer. And uh, our we've friends. got the full circle, full circle partnership. You drink your Heineken's, you take your drinking buddy. Rinse and repeat. That's right. Go to drinkingbuddy.com. Use promo code three under. Link in the description. We have a new link. So if you click on that link, it's going to take you directly. It's going to like fill that three and a par logo or the three and a par promo code in for you. So you don't have to do it. We do it for you. So thank you to our friends at Drinking Buddy. Go check them out. Go curb that little pain. It just helps you the next morning to get going, to make those tea times in the morning. But also go follow us on social media at three and a par pod. That is number three. Turn for our pod on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Trying to stay active on that. A little busy at work, a little busy with school, but doing the best I can with that. Um, so uh, we appreciate you, the listenership. Also comment below and let us know who your pick is for the U.S. Open. T-Bone, last word. That's it. I love, I love the unofficial Heineken sponsor. Sorry, official Heineken Correct. sponsor. nothing has been signed but it's still (laughs) (laughs) love it yes sir hey well we appreciate you the listenership t-bone thanks for hanging tonight thanks for the audience for hanging tonight enjoy the u.s open i'm scott for t-bone and remember little white balls life